Welcome to episode 33 of the Fasting Well podcast. Today I'll be talking about what to eat after fasting or how to break your fast, and more particularly, what to eat after a prolonged fast of a few days or more. So I'll share some principles and reasons behind why you would want to eat some things and not others, and I'll also share some specific examples. So I've written this up as a blog post in the past, and I've also made a YouTube video about this same topic, so I'll add a link to each one of those in the podcast episode description and in the show notes. And by the way, just as a quick favor, if you want to do me a favor, even if you don't use YouTube that much, uh, if you subscribe to my channel, it still helps my channel. So you could turn off all the notifications if you want to, but uh, if you can subscribe, then that is really helpful. So if you could find it in your heart, <laughs> then that would be that would be nice. Anyway, um, so moving on to the topic of today, which is how to break your fast. So first of all, here's a question for you. Does it matter what you eat after daily intermittent fasting? So let's say you fast for like 12 hours, 14 hours, 16 hours. Does it matter what you eat afterwards? And the answer is, Yes, of course it matters in the sense that it always matters what you eat, but it doesn't really matter how you break your fast per se. And that's because, you know, it's just a relatively short fast. Your body doesn't make that many big changes in how it's doing things during a short fast, so it just isn't that big of a deal. There's not as many things to to kind of consider. And so, as usual, it's best to eat whole food, unprocessed food, um, real food, Uh, but you don't have to be that careful about your choices like you would after a very long fast. Um, Even if you fast for like 24 hours, it's still not that big of a deal how you end it. You just don't want to go completely crazy, go completely off the rails with tons of junk food, just like you wouldn't ever want to do that, right? But the things I'm going to be talking about here, it mainly applies after about three days or more. So that's just a rough approximation for when it starts to become more important to be careful and wise about how you break your fast, what you eat afterwards. So to to give a little context, let's talk about what happens inside your body during a prolonged fast. Again, meaning like, you know, getting into a few days, multiple days or longer. So when you do that, your body switches over to, quote, fat burning mode. And what that means is that your insulin is low, and you're releasing more fatty acids, more body fat, to use as energy. And then your brain is using ketones as its main energy supply instead of sugar, instead of glucose. And then, um, as I mentioned, your insulin is low, and that means that there are going to be some different electrolyte and fluid shifts, things happen a little differently. Your kidneys work a little differently and certain electrolytes move around a little bit differently uh, when you're in this state. For example, insulin kind of helps push potassium into your cells, just like it helps push glucose into your cells. So when insulin is low, naturally there's not quite as much of a push to, to, to keep potassium inside your cells. So that's just one example of how electrolytes start moving around a little differently, fluid is shifting around a little differently, and so that's something you need to keep in mind later. Another thing that happens when you're on a long fast is you're not eating any bread or pasta, <laughs> and so your your digestive system kind of figures figures out, oh, I don't need to have all these enzymes ready to digest and metabolize carbohydrates the way that I normally would. 
And so it starts kind of recycling those enzymes because enzymes are made of protein, right? So anything that's made of protein, it may kind of recycle and reutilize in some fashion if you don't really need that thing right now. So your, your body kind of, quote, forgets how to metabolize carbs during a long fast. Also, your stomach is not getting nearly as much work as it normally would, because normally every day we eat all this food and the stomach's getting really expanded and contracted and expanded and contracted. It's doing all this work to mix the food around and it gets really big um, and then gets smaller and gets bigger and gets smaller. So if your stomach's not doing all of that, naturally it kind of tightens down or gets a little bit contracted and so it kind of shrinks. So your stomach's going to shrink a bit. And so by the time you finish your fast, it's kind of smaller and it's not quite ready to do a bunch of hard work. So keeping all of that in mind, what principles could you kind of deduce from all the information that I just shared? Well, how would you maybe want to approach eating after a long fast? Well, let me break it down as about three principles, mainly two principles, but like there's a third one that's kind of relevant as well. And then I'll share a few specific foods that might be good options after a long fast. So the first thing to keep in mind is, as I mentioned, your body kind of forgets how to metabolize or digest and metabolize carbs. And so you don't want to eat a bunch of carbs right after a long fast. Because if you do, you probably just have unusually high blood sugar. And so that's not ideal, obviously. So try to stick to something that's low carb for the first one or two meals or more, at least one or two meals after a long fast, and especially avoid any processed carbs, you know, sugar, you know, refined grains, things like that, that are going to spike your blood sugar. So that's, that's best for your health and for feeling good afterwards and, and all those different things. The second principle is start small. So we talked about, for example, how the stomach is kind of shrinking it's, uh, you know, it's, it's been inactive. It hasn't been doing anything. So imagine if you wake up in the morning and immediately you have to be in the gym doing heavy lifting, doing some intense workout or something uh, 30 seconds after you wake up in the morning. You probably would complain about that a little bit. So that's kind of like the stomach. You're, you're just waking your stomach up. And so you want to give it a little time to kind of do a little warm up, kind of get ready for things, and then gradually start, you know, building up its fitness and doing all this digestion like it normally does, or this mixing of food and, and so forth. So, so basically when I say start small, I mean eat something small, like, a, like a, the size of a small handful of whatever, wait a couple hours, see how you're feeling, and then maybe repeat that one more time, or maybe have a normal-ish meal after that is kind of, kind of the approach. So to be honest, many times I've not been quite patient enough to do that. So I, sometimes after a prolonged fast, after I fasted for, say, a week, um, and then I'll have that one small meal, but then like an hour or two later, I just, I, I do a little more than I should. I eat like a large meal after that. I've done that before. And then, and then my stomach ends up hurting for like three hours that day. So <laughs> that's just, that's one of the risks is just having some stomach pain, having an upset stomach or what have you. Now, it's also worth mentioning quickly something called refeeding syndrome, because there is a danger if you fast for a long time, several days or more, and then you make some very sudden changes, then you can have a problem with this thing called refeeding syndrome. So basically, what that means is refeeding syndrome is if you're fasting, 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 fasting for a long time, 
And I talked about how your electrolytes are kind of moving differently and all this fluid is moving differently while you're fasting. And then all of a sudden you put a bunch of food into your system and including carbs, things that raise your insulin, then a lot of things are going to be moving around really quickly. And so things are trying to shift, you know, between your bloodstream and your tissues really quickly. And so as a result, some of the electrolytes get out of whack. Some of the other, you know, little particles and molecules get out of whack and there can be an imbalance, which can be dangerous, you know, because of course, high or low levels of things like potassium and sodium and various other electrolytes and minerals can be dangerous. So that's why you just don't want it to happen very quickly. And so the best way to avoid that in general is to start really slowly when you start eating after a long fast. And then another thing that helps potentially helps to prevent refeeding syndrome, ironically, actually, is if you do kind of like a dirty fast or modified fasting, which I've talked about in previous episodes, but if you do that and you're using some training wheels, or which, which are like little bits of food that help sustain you, you know, during some of the difficult moments, if you do that, you'd be less likely to get something like refeeding syndrome because you're still taking in those little bits of food and so your body's still processing all those things and kind of maintaining some of the electrolytes and some of the other related things that it kind of gets from food. So um, so, so taking it slow, um, keeping your electrolytes up, and even using something like training wheels actually would reduce your chance of having a problem with something like refeeding syndrome. All right, so so those are kind of the first two principles. You want to be you want to start low and go slow. You want to use low carb for at least the first couple of meals, and then you always remember the goal of fasting is to get healthier, or at least most of the time that's probably what it should be. And so obviously you don't want to go crazy and binge on a bunch of junk food. Ideally, I mean there may be a scenario <laughs> where you where you're eating a lot of junk food for a specific reason afterwards because it's a holiday or whatever. But don't do it right after your prolonged fast, like that first meal, for the reasons I already mentioned. And in general, don't get into the habit of doing that, right? (laughs) Just because it's not a very healthy habit, that gets a little too much into like, oh, now I'm binging and purging, I'm binging and purging, if I'm just like binging on tons of junk food. So, I mean, that that probably goes without saying, but just if you kind of keep in mind that, well, my goal is to get healthier, so how can I kind of continue to get healthier? Okay, so with that being said... Let's talk about some specific foods that might be a good fit to eat after a prolonged fast. And you can certainly pick your own if you apply what I've explained already about low carb and something small. That's good enough. (laughs) Basically, you're covered. But here are a few specific examples. So you could use, for example, a, a little handful of olives. So olives have almost no carbs. They have some healthy fats. Um, so, and and it's not the kind of thing most people overeat on anyway, and they have some extra sodium, which is good, um, when you're fasting and after a fast. So olives, uh, almonds, so other nuts could work as well. If you use nuts, just use a small amount. So they do have some carb content, but the carbs that they have are very slowly digested, slowly broken down, um, kind of more resistant. So it's not like it's going to spike your blood sugar like crazy if you eat a handful of almonds. And it'll just give you, it'll reintroduce your body to, oh, I'm digesting things. Here's a little carbohydrate. You can start making some of those enzymes that you broke down and recycled and so forth. So another option would be half an avocado or so. You could eat a whole one, but half is probably better after a 
prolonged fast after multiple days of fasting and add some salt. Tastes better and the salt is good. Um, sardines are another good option if you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> so uh, I learned to like sardines because they're so healthy um, and they would make a good option after a prolonged fast because they have no carbs and they have some really healthy fats. You know, they have the omega-3 fatty acids and all that and uh, a bit of protein to get your system going as well. Um, celery. Now, celery I'm just using this as an example of a non-starchy vegetable. So you wouldn't want to use potatoes or sweet potatoes or other, most other root vegetables. It's mainly the above-ground vegetables, the green vegetables, or you could call them non-starchy vegetables. So any kind of non-starchy vegetable is kind of reasonable as your first little thing after a, after a long fast. But just don't overdo it. You know, if you eat a lot, there may be cause some, you know, tummy upset, you know, with all the different you know, fiber and things that your stomach's kind of working on and so forth. Um, a couple more examples of things you could eat after fast. You could have eggs, maybe like one or two eggs, or a few slices of like salami or some other fatty meat cut like that. So there you have it, some specific examples. So in summary for this episode, I talked about what to eat after a prolonged fast. And in this case, when I say prolonged, I mean like a few days, three, let's say three days or more. So if you're fasting three days, five days, seven days, or even more, then these are some principles to keep in mind. So you'd want to mainly be low carb after your long fast because your body kind of forgets how to metabolize the carbs. You just don't want to spike your blood sugar right after the fast or anytime after the fast. So those first couple meals in particular. You also want to start slowly and just kind of gradually ease into it. And so basically have a little handful of something, wait a couple hours. And then if you've really been fasting for a long time, maybe repeat that a couple more times where you have a little handful, wait a couple hours, have a little handful, wait a couple hours. And so then you can play it by ear a little bit and just gradually reintroduce food to your system. That helps because on the one hand, your stomach probably got smaller and your stomach needs to gradually wake up and kind of start working again. And also because you don't want to have even a slight hint of this thing called refeeding syndrome, which is more likely to be a problem if you do too much too soon too fast. It's also more likely to be a problem if you eat a lot of carbs right away after your fast. Remember, your goal with fasting is probably to get healthier. And so don't think of it like a license to eat a whole bunch of junk food just because you finished a fast. I mean, maybe you'll you know indulge in something later, but don't do it right away after your fast. And then I listed several specific foods, including olives, almonds, half an avocado, sardines, celery, eggs, salami, that could all be potentially good options after a prolonged fast. I hope you found this episode helpful. One thing you could do that would be really helpful to me is to rate or review this podcast on whatever platform you're using, whether that's Apple Podcasts, which is kind of the most significant one in terms of leaving reviews, but you can also leave a, I believe you can leave a rating on Spotify as well. And, and there are probably others too, but those are kind of the biggest platforms where you can do that. And then, as I mentioned earlier, even if you don't use YouTube very much, if you subscribe to my channel, it still helps my channel so that other people will see it more. It kind of helps the channel grow. So if you would consider doing me that favor, I would appreciate it. Thanks a lot for listening, and I'll see you next time on the Fasting Well podcast. The Fasting Well podcast is not medical advice and does not replace the need to consult with your own medical providers.